Welcome to session number 190 of the Scanner School podcast. Today we are talking about some lessons that were learned when vacationing with a scanner. I've got a guest on today. His name is Bill Sawyer, and he actually wrote this as a column for National Communications Magazine, then reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to discuss this on your podcast as well? I said, of course. So here we are talking with Bill today about the things that he learned, some tips and tricks that you can take away from his mistakes and also from the things that he has learned while vacationing with a scanner. So here's the deal. This was written, again, originally for National Communications Magazine. I strongly suggest you go ahead and grab a subscription to Natcom Mag. Again, we had Chuck on the podcast many episodes back, back on session number 94. So it was almost 100 episodes ago. So again, you can check out the interview I had with Chuck Geisy from National Communications Magazine at scannerschool.com slash session 94. But today's podcast, again, scannerschool.com slash session 190. And after this intro, we'll get right into the interview with Bill. So stay tuned. Today's podcast is sponsored by our two brand new training courses. Our free SDR course, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software-Defined Radio will get you started with SDRs in an afternoon. We will show you what hardware and accessories to buy to get started with Software-Defined Radio. Then we'll show you the step-by-step how-to to install the drivers, tune your first frequency with SDR Sharp, and then have you monitoring digital at the end of this free course. Our advanced course continues with beginner's course left off and levels up your SDR experience. In this course, you'll learn even more about software-defined radio. We will show you how you can substitute an SDR for your high-end digital scanner, how to monitor HD radio, monitor trunk systems and overhead data with Unitrunker, and even how to monitor all the talk groups on a system and never miss a beat with SDR trunk. You can sign up for both courses at courses.scannerschool.com. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Arthur Heron, Bill K, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramblett, Evan Barcock, Glenn Wright, 
Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jack Barry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Keel, John Swinney, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Robert, Robert Kanzler, Robert Kanzler again, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, TJ, Todd Glendie, and William R. Canned. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome back to Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby, and we are staying very true to that motto today. We are, again, joined by Bill Sawyer. Now, Bill, again... He's a vacation nut. He likes to go away and he travels quite a bit, both uh, domestically here in the States and also internationally. And he's got a couple of stories that he is going to share with us on how he, you know, went traveling with the scanners. Some vacations went a lot better than others when it came to how prepared he was and what he was able to listen to when it came to his scanning enjoyment with the vacation. Now, again, one thing to remember Family first, right? Scanning second, maybe. <laughs> so just just remember that the vacation doesn't have to revolve around your radio. So that's enough of me. Let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. It's not an interview. It's a conversation with Bill. Bill, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So just a bit of a background before we get started on uh, the topic for today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get started in the uh, scanner radio hobby? Okay. I think about something you say. You talk about having the bug. And I've always had a love for radio. I can remember being seven or eight years old and using my dad's shortwave radio, got a little transistor radio, and actually listened to some incredible DX with it. And uh, as the years went by, I wanted to get a, a police scanner. And the funny thing was my dad was ex-military, and he threw a fit. He said, absolutely, no way should you be eavesdropping on the police. That's wrong. You know, I don't care if you say it's legal. You probably should be arrested. So, so I kind of let that go, went through my late teen years, university and everything. And then I was a missionary for over 20 years overseas. So I did a lot of shortwave radio and, uh, you know, kind of went in that direction, came back to the States about 10 years ago and found out that um, I could become a ham radio without the Morse code, which had been kind of a hang up in my mind in the past. And uh, as I did that, I thought of scanners and I thought, you know, I've got to get a scanner and listen. And then I came across your podcast and that was extremely helpful. And uh, probably the last two years, I've just been enjoying that facet of the hobby because it's uh, it's interesting. I, I love to stay in the know and uh, I just love radio in general. Interesting. So it's it was a great transition from shortwave, which a lot of us as scanner users, is it's foreign to us. So uh, it's 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 interesting to hear you started off there and then came into came into scanning. Well, just out of curiosity, because let's let's just 
detour here a little bit before we get into the topic here is what do you what do you notice is the big difference between shortwave listening to the world and listening local with the scanner radio which one's more challenging to you or which one's a little more challenging in general <laughs> oh it's a little bit of both shortwave has changed it used to be the airwaves just popped with hundreds mm-hmm. of stations and that's not really the case now so it's a little bit more challenging but there's still stuff out there. I think, though, in some ways, scanning's a little more challenging. And, and I'll put it this way. In short way, uh, you understand that somebody's transmitting on X frequency. And let's say you have an adequate antenna. You know, unless there's something wrong with the propagation, if you're looking at the, the right time of day, the right frequency, and there's any kind of propagation, you can normally on the 19 or or, uh, you know, 41 or 49 meter bands, you can pick up what you want. With scanning, I had this actually happen last week. I was up in Michigan, and I wanted to listen to uh, the activity at the Sioux Locks. I was up in the Upper Peninsula, went to Radio Reference. They had three frequencies. I was I brought two scanners with me, so I was trying out a little uh, hand-programmable not even computer programmable, but picked it up very inexpensively off eBay. I paid, I think, 20 bucks. And I thought, well, you know, I'll program in these three uh, frequencies and we'll see what happens. Well, after about an hour, I realized the frequency probably weren't right, switched it over to a marine band search, and sure enough, was able to pick things up. So the difference in the way radio is transmitted shortwave is a continuous broadcast so generally seen if you've got the frequency and the time of day and you know you've waited through the gmt and all of that uh right you've got the schedule basically right right i mean it's it shouldn't be a problem to pick up what you're trying to listen to unless it's really dx or really low powered Mm -hmm. or horrible propagation but the flip side <laughs> is you go to scanning, you key in a frequency, and maybe they don't talk for 10 minutes. And, right. <laughs> you know, it's a sporadic transmission. And I think coming from the shortwave side, uh, that's sometimes, you know, you're going, do I have it right? Do I, do I not? Is this what radio reference said? You know, did I import this properly? What's, what's going on? And uh, sometimes you learn patience. Right. So you're listening on shortwave, you're listening more to the shortwave broadcast more than the, say, utility band that you find on uh, medium wave then, right? Right. I I don't normally listen too much to uh, the pirates or the utilities, um, although there's interesting stuff there. And I'm in a transition. I'm about to move. So eh, when I get some antennas, uh, new antennas up and uh, get a shack put together, I'm sure I'll I'll be uh, branching out here and there, you know, like all people, you you got to dabble. Right. You got, that's part of the hobby is, is always buying and always trying. So what, uh, what scanning equipment are you using right now? You said you had two, two radios you were playing around with. Okay. I had a home patrol two. Okay. I have TRX one. And then uh, the other one was a BC 72. And okay. I've, Picked up a couple others uh, here and there, but I don't, don't really have them operational. I've got to do some programming. But um, this is kind of interesting. I'll, I'll tie into, I think, the last pa- podcast that I listened to. 
and uh, also uh, Natcom magazine, there was an article talking about people buying up vintage scanners on eBay and, and boosting the prices. And then, of course, there's a chip shortage. So it looks like production is very low on some of the SDS 100s and 200s and even the TRX 1 and 2. I'm not seeing a lot of. So people are bidding up used equipment almost to the price of new equipment. But the flip side, if you know what you're looking for and you know how to work eBay, I've been able to buy some very interesting scanners. Just picked up a, a BC-75 for, uh, I think, $48 final, tax and shipping included. Yeah, that's, that's a great price. Yeah, that's new. And and it will work good. I, I love radios uh, that uh, do the railroad. So it'll okay. work great for that. I guess <laughs> you use different radios for different things. Obviously, from my teenage years till now, there's all sorts of digital and the P25 and uh, now encryption. And this changes a lot of things. Whereas before, you just had to get a couple of crystals that work locally and what have you. I'm not an expert because, like I said, <laughs> my dad put his foot down pretty severely on that. But it's it's changed. But at the same time, if you analyze what are you really trying to listen to, you can figure out what radio you, you need. And then in mm-hmm. terms of what we were talking about, vacation scanning, what you need to bring with you for what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Took a trip, trip on Amtrak. And uh, I have a BC-125 that I picked up, beautiful little radio, and it was perfect. I mean, I knew all sorts of things about the train that nobody else did. We stopped in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, kind of screeched to a halt and a, a bang and what have you. And turn on the scanner and you find out uh, the train ran into a moose. And oh, so- Nice. Yeah. So we were paused there for a minute and no, it wasn't because we ran out of something or whatever. There were just some protocols, I'm sure, with uh, fish and game or wildlife resources and what have you. From what I was hearing, they had to come and, you know, do their thing. And so you're in the know. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was kind of uh, kind of fascinating and just enjoyable. But I'm saying a, a basic even an old scanner like the one I was talking about that I picked up for 20 bucks. Uh, if you're willing to do a little research online, you can find your frequencies. And depending on how long of a trip, you may be only dealing with three, four or five frequencies. So it's not a big deal to program those in by hand. And uh, there you are listening to what's right. going on. And some of these scanners too, they, they work right with AA batteries. So you can, easily swap those out. Nothing's proprietary and, exactly. uh, you know, keep right on scanning. So when you did your trip to Amtrak, so now, now we're in the topic here, right? We, we finally made our way here. We had a little journey of our own to get, to get to where we are right now. So we're about, you know, taking your scanner with you when you travel and, and do some vacationing. So when you planned for this trip with Amtrak, did you, how did you find the frequency for the moose hit? Was it, you just hit, search and and let the scanner go through the railroad frequencies or did you have all the aar frequencies already pre-programmed into several banks on that scanner and you let the scanner just uh scan through those channels no actually a, a step better you, you could okay. have scanned the uh 
what is it, 98 uh, AAR frequencies. Right. But if you're scanning at 40 to 60 frequencies a second, that means it takes two seconds. Whereas if you go to a place and um, actually it's it's in the article I wrote on Natcom magazine, it's on track online. You can download the the different routes and it will tell you basically from this place to this place, this is the frequency. Because remember, with the railroads, Amtrak owns very little track of their own. So right. they're traveling on a CSX track or they're traveling on a Union Pacific track or whatever. They'll use those frequencies to be able to be in communication with the freights that are going on the same track. And so there's ways of figuring out who's lying, what frequencies. And like I say, this on track online, uh, you can, let's say you're taking the California Zephyr, you're leaving Chicago, you're going to end up in San Francisco and you download it and you'll have 50 or 20 frequencies. And, uh, there you can actually put them in the order you'll use them. I generally scanned that list. I could have probably locked out frequencies or whatever, but I found it to be 100% accurate. I was able to listen to whatever I wanted to listen to as I went. Nice. I never even heard of that website. So that's a great resource. And I guess that brings up part of doing your homework, right? And, and finding out these things ahead of time so that you're, you are prepared for your trip. Yes. Well, that's actually one of the things about the article. I start off kind of telling on myself. Had a horrible trip. Okay. You know, we're locked down with the pandemic and I have a blended marriage. So I have my boys and they're older. One was living at home. One wasn't, but the one that wasn't came, uh, you know, work related things and he does over the road trucking. So he was here for a couple of weeks. And then my wife has two daughters and they're in their, their early twenties. And uh, the oldest one came back home, so the youngest one, excuse me. So all of a sudden, we've got this blend, and it wasn't the wonderful, harmonious blend that you would like. So I realized, bunch. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're just cramped up, and everybody's right. dissatisfied with, you know, things are closed, and, you know, it's just awkward. Right, right. So, you had to do something, right? Exactly. So I said, guys, remember, I said, I'd take you to Yellowstone sometime. Well, load up the gear, let's go to Yellowstone. And in my mind, I was thinking, hey, I've got this TRX-1, I plug in a zip code, and uh, you know, I don't have to do any homework. Right. So we drive, get to Yellowstone, and my boys, who were fairly impressed, you know, because if you're in, in Memphis, or uh, Brian was with me when we went by Dallas, and you turn on the, the scanner, and they're hearing the police and chases and licenses being called in. And they're like, wow, this is pretty cool. But you turn it on and you're sitting at a campfire and there's nothing. You're and not even the crickets. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, it was, and so they started kind of teasing me, you know, uh-huh. about it because they were like, you know, I guess there's not enough bears stealing food and what have you. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, uh, I realized, wow, I missed something. And where I missed it was Yellowstone is one zip code, very large geographically. 
And uh, seven, eight o'clock at night, perfect time for you to sit by the campfire, cook your meal, tell stories. But you know what? There's not a lot of action. The action right. takes place during the day. And you'll, you'll see a, a traffic jam and there'll be rangers uh, directing traffic. They'll be communicating about a bear or Actually, if the, the elk are in rut, you know, they're about as dangerous as anything. And uh, so they'll be communicating about that, controlling traffic, trying to keep a separation between people and the animals. And that's the exciting side of things. Now, if you don't mind, I'll just go into something more that happened that was yeah, kind of ahead. interesting. So I came back and I really thought about this because I'd done some other vacations where it, it was brilliant. You know, Branson was one just plugged in the zip code and bam, I'm, I'm listening to everything and it's perfect. So I'm thinking, why did I miss it? Well, I hadn't really visualized what I was trying to scan, you know, so what time of day, what kind of activity, who's going to, to be using the radio is going to dictate what I can listen to. But at the same time, almost my last day, we stopped for a, a break and we're at some porta potties. And I noticed that there's a, a ranger parked there and she's got a hand on a gun and there's a very large moose. And the moose is kind of like <laughs> looks at us and looking at his food. And she's there to, to basically make sure that we don't disturb the moose and the moose doesn't disturb us. So right. the boys are using the porta potty and I go over and start talking with her. And I, I was kind of hoping that she'd let me see their setup in the car because they had a number of antennas and it looked like a number of uh, radios and, and she didn't uh, bite when I threw out the bait. So mm -hmm. I realized that wasn't going to happen, but she said something really curious. I asked her about some things and she goes, no, look, you know, we've got a little bit of encryption going on. We've got a, a, a change over some new equipment, but we still use the old, you know, she said, but you, you're missing on the best part. She says, I've got a, a brother who's just like you. Totally crazy about radios. He's ham radio, every radio. He said, but you know what really gets him? And I'm like, no, no idea. And she says, it's the wolf chasers. And so I'm like, what do you, you know, what do you mean the wolf chasers? So she said, in Lamar Valley, there's people that bring tours and groups and they basically try to see the wolves. And that's kind of a prized sight. It's very rare. And uh, he listens to that. Really? Uh, yeah. And so I thought, wow, now that's interesting. So I started doing some research. It's really in forums and some of it's in like Yellowstone net. Some of it's in radio reference buried in some of the forums. But if you were ever going to a national park, you really want to drill down into that because there are people that watch for bears and wolf. Found out there's actually a group. I got to go back to Yellowstone. I always have to have an excuse to to go back, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but they have a group out there that uses apparently, as best as I can research it, FRS radios, just bubble pack FRS. But Yellowstone has half of the world's geysers, 
And so these are the geyser gazers, and a lot of them are graduate <laughs> students. And okay. there's a couple of miles of mud flats with all these colored pools and, and geysers, and they stand out and stand watch and then when something starts to happen because some of them are daily some of them are weekly some of them they don't even know what the pattern is they'll get on the air and start calling the scientists in you know because like i said these are graduate students and whatever and um i thought now that would be an interesting thing to kind of monitor if you had a little time is you know see what's going on with the geysers interesting so there's a lot of unusual, unusual things that uh, you could pick up on at a national park that you're not going to find in your first go through of the radio reference database. And you may have to run a few Google searches and uh, do them fairly general and then fairly specific. And all of a sudden, some of this information will start jumping out at you. So that was kind of the, the lesson of Yellowstone. I had a very frustrating scanning experience, but found out later, if I do my homework a little better, I could have a very good experience. Right. But you also learn something else, too. If you, know, you ask questions, right, you you, you find a you kind of un, peel, peel back the layers a little bit, too. Right. She didn't have what you were looking for, but but she had a little bit of extra that you weren't expecting to hear. So that, exactly. that's always good, too. Nice. Well, it, and I think some of that is as long as you don't come across as weird and you're friendly, right. people will talk. Now, they may not hand you their radio and say, yeah, look at this. You know, they just got issued or, you know, look at what I've got on my dashboard in the, the cruiser. But they will give you some information. And uh, so that was helpful. And and I guess that's kind of a, a thing you could take. The two examples I've used so far, Yellowstone and the train, if you're on the train, they use FRS for crew communications on a lot of the trains. Okay. But I wouldn't stop one of the, the servers or attendants and, you know, start immediately asking him about his radio. You might want to develop a, a rapport. And then if it were to work out, and then on top of that, you never want to just have your scanner on loud and bother other people. You know, right. whether that's, that's drawing too much attention to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So use your earphone. And if for some reason, because I hear there's a couple national parks occasionally there can be an issue, they ask you not to, then, you know, put it up, enjoy what you're looking at. And then when that, particular rangers not there or you're at your tent or your hotel do what you need to do right you know i don't think there's a a, a reason to to cause a problem and normally you shouldn't have one i mean my experience with people has been overwhelmingly positive nice so those those were the the two not so well organized i guess uh vacations Are there any other lessons learned from other vacations that you took that didn't uh, exactly pan out the way you thought with with the radio actually one that panned out better than i thought actually too i mean i was just up in the upper peninsula of michigan and that worked out phenomenally well and i was able to listen to everything i wanted to and then a little bit extra picked up some canadian police and what have you thought that was uh, interesting. It was new for me. 
mm-hmm. nothing that I can say, oh, my goodness, it was just this or just that. They do the same kind of things that most police do, you know, call in licenses and cars and names and what have you. But it was interesting to see that I was listening to Canada, if you will. But the other place where I had a little different challenge, and this might be useful for somebody listening to the podcast, my wife and I celebrated our, our 10th wedding anniversary. And I asked that. It, well, thank you. And I asked her, you know, was there something special she'd like to do? And she said, I want a beach. And, uh, you know, so we decided we'd go to Cozumel in Mexico. Okay. And I thought, well, Sugar, do you mind if I bring a radio? She's like, you know, as long as you're not awkward about it, bring a radio. I'm bringing my Kindle, you know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to play with your radio, that's fine. So I then started thinking. Well, do I really want to go into a foreign country? Now, I do speak fluent Spanish, so there was no communications issues. But do I really want to go into a country where previously, you know, there have been narcos that have set up incredible communications, where listening in on the police, you know, you might get a visit to the local jail where they want to know why you're listening and what you're doing and what have you. So I decided I wouldn't bring the TRX. I, I didn't want to be able to do anything digital that could put me into the police, but I brought the, the, the analog radio. And my reasoning was, well, okay, you go to radio reference, there's not a lot of information, almost none, but you right. got an airport tower, but I was pretty far from the airport, 20 miles. So it turned out I never really I should have been able to pick up the approach landings, of, but there's only a few flights a day in, never worked. I pretty well eliminated all of the police, but I did know everybody running around the hotel seems to have a radio. And I know that the boats that take the scuba divers and the snorkelers out, they have a radio. And I also knew just the taxis use CB radios. It's like okay. that, I can, uh, you know, I, I can scan through and see what I can pick up. And um, if nothing else, it's interesting. Well, parts of it were phenomenal. Again, remember, I, I didn't know any frequencies. So I'm doing basically two things. I'm doing close call. And the close call was great for the hotel. I mean, I could listen to housekeeping, plumbing, people stocking the bar. You know, I could tell you what beer they didn't or did have, all of that you could pick up. Then security, but there really weren't a lot of issues. But every once in a while, you'd hear something going on. They wanted somebody to the front or somebody to the gate or what have you. And then you had the housekeeping. But I did a service search, and and it was just I imagined that all of the boats that were on the water were going to be using marine VHF. Mm-hmm. It could have been a wrong guess, but it turned out it was right. So just doing the service search, there were four or five channels that they were using, and it was hilarious. You know, in Spanish, you've got one guy going, you know, what's wrong with you, you idiot? You're dropping all of your idiots on top of my idiots, and we're all mixed <laughs> up. Don't you know what we're supposed to be doing? And uh, then you'll hear one of the scuba boats going, 
got a sick diver, need to pick up gas, oxygen, and drop her off. And uh, you're wondering, you know, how, how sick do they have the bends? Are they just a little nauseated? And, yeah. 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 So, so you're hearing just interesting things. It's, it's not life changing, but it's interesting and it gives you just a little different angle on things. So I considered uh, Mexico was really pretty successful in the sense I didn't know what I was getting into. The only known frequencies were the air traffic and uh, then some cruise boat frequencies. Well, there's no cruises because of COVID. So it really was searches and close call, but it worked fine. Oh, and then the CB just mm-hmm. did some search service searches on the CB and could listen in on the taxis. Actually, one day had Skip come in from the, the States and you got the typical, anybody that's ever listened to a CB when the skip starts blowing, you know, you got right, people right, right. whistling and screaming and, you know, all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, so I quit doing the CB, but I, for my own curiosity, I verified that, yes, what I had suspected I saw in a taxi or two uh, was indeed CB radios. And so that was uh, interesting. Nice. So what other vacations have you taken where planning ahead has certainly uh, helped out with with the scanning? Well, I think that's probably about it. The one that required okay. the most most planning really was Mexico and the train. The train, once you knew what you were looking for, there are a couple websites, the OnTrack Online being the main one. Uh, once you pulled that, then you were pretty good to go. I'm doing another trip in the, the end of September through early October, and I'm going to do a little bit of searching, you know, when I'm at Chicago Union Station and see if I can pick up. Because, you know, you do these Google searches, and if you don't write them down or uh, clip and paste somewhere, but it seemed to me there was some DMR, and I think it was one of the security systems in either in the building, in Union Station, or nearby. So I'll be doing some some close call and scanning and just seeing what I can pick up uh, while I'm there. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com slash support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Reader user should at least 
put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out-of-the-box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 Phase 1 and Phase 2 in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR Type 1 and Type 2. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how this system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. So when you go ahead and you sit down and you start doing your homework for your next upcoming trip, take us through the whole process from start to finish on how you kind of start figuring out what it is you need to collect, where where you kind of go to get the information, and then in the end, you know, when you finally get to your destination, how do you fine-tune everything? So we'll, we'll take it uh, step by step. So let's just say you're looking at booking a trip to go to any town USA or even abroad, what, what's the first step? What do you what do you do to uh, start getting and collecting information you need to uh, to start scanning? Well, I think the first step is that you you basically try to visualize who you want to listen to, when you want to listen to, and and what kind of transmissions. Give you a just a little example. My wife wants to go to Europe sometime. Now, when that will be, I don't know. But I was just wondering, what could I listen to if I went to Europe? Well, I find out that the police are on a fairly unique system, and it's Mm -hmm. encrypted, and you're not going to listen to it. So immediately, that kind of puts a big X through law enforcement. And as I looked at a couple other things, it looked like 
there's not as much to scan there. You can do some air shows and a few other things, but it's going to be different or limited. So I think your basic research is kind of a back and forth process where you're saying, okay, when am I going to be doing this? You know, is it at night when I'm finished with some other holiday thing? Am I going to take a, a scanner with me? You know, if I went to Disneyland or something like that, would I be listening to security? Would I be checking out the rides? You know, what, what might I be doing? Or would I leave that back at the hotel and only listen in the evening when I was finished? So you're, you're kind of going through this visualization of when will I use my, my radio and what am I trying to listen to? And if, if you get that done in the beginning, you kind of go to the next step, which is, well, let's take a look at radio reference and something I recommend to people. Go ahead and uh, pay for a subscription. Uh, you don't have to have one, but it's kind of nice because money keeps people on the air and functioning and on the Internet. But uh, go into Radio Reference and uh, take a quick look. So you're basically going to a state and then a county or a metropolitan area. A little different if it's a railroad, but... You, you try to drill in and look at what do you have. And of course, you've talked about it a number of times on your podcast. I mean, if you've got an E, you're looking at encrypted and you're kind of mm-hmm. out of luck. But there's other things that tell you if it's, uh, FM, if it's P25. And, uh, you know, usually this is just my limited experience, but you're going to find that more and more the states seem to be moving towards integrating their law enforcement. So if there's a P25 state system, you're going to find that probably highway patrol, possibly the sheriff, and maybe even the local police are all tied into that network. And so that would dictate at that point, well, you probably want to bring your digital scanner. But the other day, I work with a, a ministry out in East Tennessee, a very rural area. And it turns out that the local police and the sheriff and the EMS were all on analog. And the only thing I lost out on by not bringing the digital was the highway patrol. But they're really located on a U.S. highway, don't have a lot of highway patrol coming through there. The nearest interstate's 20, 25 miles away. So I thought, you know, I'll just bring the BC-125 and uh, program in the channels, and it worked perfectly. So, you know, there's kind of a back and forth as you plan where you're looking at who do you want to listen to? What kind of equipment do they have? Is it analog? Is it digital? Is it going to be encrypted? Understanding that we all understand if it's a major drug bust, they may not say it's encrypted, but if they have any sense and any capabilities, they're definitely not going to put that out there for the general public. Their job is to do it as expeditiously as possible. So, you know, you understand you may not get everything, but you get some of it. 
And uh, it's kind of a back and forth. Obviously, the zip code scanners, you've got to understand a little bit about, you know, your options. So if you and I had this happen a couple of times. So you go, well, I'd like to listen to this. And, yeah, let's include that. And, you know, let's do the national park and let's do federal interop and let's do this. And then it comes back and goes, that's 2000 frequencies. That's too many right. to scan, you know? <laughs> so, so you kind of go, ah, okay, let me take a step back and who do I really want to listen to? Right. And, uh, you know, narrow it down. But I will say the zip code scanning, there's a, a downside to it in that you can kind of be clueless and just plug in a zip code and, in a lot of cases, in a lot of places, you're listening and you don't have to worry about it, which I think is what attracted me in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. honestly, you start thinking as someone, I'm, I'm relatively new to the hobby. So you start looking at some of the programming. I've got programming all these top groups and, you know, what, oh my goodness, you know, you just get a, a mental block. Whereas you go, well, I can do a five digit zip code. You know, I can do that and then fine tune it from there. So, you know, I think in some ways, if, if somebody's wondering, and especially when the market comes back to fairly normal and people are in stock, I've got to say I've been satisfied with my TR, TRX one, which I think I paid 400 bucks for brand new. And it's zip code. It has DMR as well as the P25 and, you know, several other flavors that are rarely used. The Home Patrol work great. And my understanding is the SDS series work great. So for somebody that maybe is a little challenged by all of the programming and not sure and you're, you're thinking, well, I'm going to go to X place for vacation. And if I mess it up and don't hear anything, what a waste, then by all means, consider a a zip code scanner and plug it in. And you'll probably, (laughs) Yellowstone notwithstanding, you'll probably (laughs) be okay. Right. Have you tried hooking up uh, a GPS to it at all? You're mostly flying and staying, right? You're not not driving through. I, I, I drive a lot. And uh, I just didn't get it in time for my trip up to Michigan, but I'm looking at a BC-SGPS, and I'll be using that with my home patrol. So I'm really excited. I do a lot of road trips, and I can't think of anything that would be more informative and interesting, especially in terms of radio and scanning, as being able to pick up the the local law enforcement highway patrol and what have you and very useful if you happen to have a you know road work or some sort of a god forbid situation you would be able to get a heads up and possibly reroute and uh, so i i do want to use uh, a gps but uh, in all honesty i haven't hooked it up yet it doesn't look to be too hard. So in the next week or two, that'll be okay. a, a little toy I'll be playing with. Yeah, my recommendation for that is uh, make sure you've – obviously you have uh, 
GPS scanning enabled, but there's also that radius too, right? That's around you. Like how many miles out do you want to listen to? So don't forget that works both ways, right? It works as a radius around you with you being the center point of that circle, but also whatever you're listening to has a broadcasting radius or a circle, right? So as long as those two lines touch, it's going to be enabled on your scanner. So if you want to listen to just five miles out, don't put five miles out. You want to put as close to you as possible and then still hear what it is you want to listen to. Like, for example, where I am here, if I put five miles, it's telling me that sites in New Jersey and Connecticut, I can hear within a five-mile radius of here. I can't. Now, in my basement with a rubber duck antenna, but the scanner is like, oh, well, radio reference says the lines will touch. So, and some of them are all full county systems, and, and of course, you touch the county, and that's the end of it, right? But I'm not going to hear Montauk, which is 100 miles away from me, you know, more or less. But it, it is what it is. It's how they're set up. And then again, too, you've got your service searches or your services as well, your service types. And that could be fire dispatch, fire attack, fire uh, talk. And then the same with law, law dispatch, law attack, law, you know. So you want to make sure you've got the right things enabled on that scanner as you're scanning it with the GPS just to make sure you're dialed in to exactly what it is. Or else, again, you'll be fumbling with the radio more than you'll be following with this with the gas pedal and the brake pedal <laughs> so <laughs> you want to make sure that's all that's all set up ahead of time too but again that's all part of right doing your homework like you were saying you know making sure you prepare for the trip and that you've done your research and that um you're on the on the website so let's go back to um to your trips and the equipment you're bringing and and having you know analog versus digital versus dmr versus p25 have you ever taken an SDR with you and then just a laptop computer and just to use that to see what's around and available? Or are you strictly sticking with just with the actual scanning hardware? Actually, and you and I talked about this previously, I have a couple SDR dongles. I don't have them set up, but that's a, a PC issue. Okay. I think next time I go to Mexico, I will definitely, because it's, I think it's easier to fly under the radar because it looks like a little USB flash drive and uh, who doesn't bring a laptop with them occasionally. So if I have that, I think it will enable a whole lot more fun with the scanning uh, just because there were things that I knew were out there, but I wasn't sure where to find them. And that's where I think right. the SDR would be helpful. For example, th there were several Navy ships. I don't know where or how you would figure out the Mexican Navy and what frequencies they use. But with an SDR dongle, you have a, a fighting chance of uh, figuring out. And you, you might listen to some really interesting things. Before I forget, though, I, I want to backtrack. You're mentioning the GPS and settings and thinking through. One thing I cannot emphasize enough is uh, something that has been very helpful is making sure that I bring, if nothing else, an abbreviated copy of the manual for the radio I'm using. It's easy to forget uh, one little key sequence or something, and you're going, well, I know it's this way, but it's this way, plus you forgot, you know, <laughs> one thing. And, you know, you don't want to have to be Googling and downloading and looking and actually on the train, there'll be a number of times where you have no service. 
So you're best off either on your laptop or your phone if it's readable to you or a Kindle if you're bringing that. Make sure you download a copy of the manual or cut and paste. You know, do yourself right, a couple right. pages of very specific things but so that you know how to do what you need to do. That That's good advice. That is, that's excellent. And again, it, it also takes a, a page out of the prepper's book too, right? It's practice using the equipment. Don't just put it in a box and then go to learn how to use it when you're in the middle of something, right? Exactly. Um, get some hands-on, right? So maybe, maybe spend a week before vacation just going through the radio and make sure that you understand you know, volume and squelch and that the antenna's on the right way and the battery's going a certain way. And, you know, when it comes to Radio Shack scanners, oh, yeah, the yellow one is the charging uh, battery holder and the black one isn't. Where is your charger? Where, you know, where is the programming cable unless you have to do something on the fly? And how do you lock something out? How do you enable the banks? So, yeah, those would all be good things just to go through the manual one more time and, and before your trip to, because again, like you said, you know, it's, it's always going to be when you're on the trip, when you have to remember, Oh, how do I do this? Or how do I turn off the scan bank? Or how do I search with scan? Or how do I get it out of search with scan? Or why does it say pry on it? Or what's the G and the G a and all that mean on, on the scanner? Or what's the inverted S on a TRX one versus the non-inverted S. I mean, these are all little things that you don't want to have to start investigating while you're on your trip. Cause you want to, you want to enjoy your vacation too. You don't want to be frustrated by by your hobby. But I think when we all have the bug, it, none of it is too frustrating. It's, it's all fun That's and games, true. right? It really is. It's fun and games. But I, I think you hit the the one of the key things for me. I mean, I have to make a conscious decision. I, I'm I'm going on a vacation. I'm having fun. Part of my fun is my radio whether I bring a little shortwave portable or whether I bring a scanner, but I can't get so wrapped up in the radio that I don't have the other fun, which is of course, family and nature, the museum, whatever it is you're doing, you want the radio to add to not become, like you said, a source of frustration where you go, where did I put that manual? Why in the world won't this thing work? You know, that's not where you want to end up. Yep, yep, and, and again, I mean, we've. It's, it's I was I was laughing earlier in our conversation too because you said you know you were asking your wife, can you bring a radio? See, see, in my house, it's implied. You know, if I don't pull out a radio in the hotel room, she would be surprised. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of unexpected. But again, it goes right back to understanding how things work and 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 being comfortable with, with the experience. Like I've I've done visits to certain certain venues and i'll break out the equipment and something's not working right and then you're sitting there going why isn't this working what what is what's the matter and when you finally get home and you realize oh it was one simple setting or it was the wrong software or i had this mode set on it or it's one of these deals that yeah you might get so wrapped up too into what isn't working that you fail to see the forest from the trees and uh it, it's again when you're on vacation, right? You, you're in the forest, you're in the trees, type of deal as well. I guess when you go out camping, but you know, you you can kind of get hyper focused on the wrong stuff because you're in a, you feel pressured, right? To 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 figure out what's wrong with it when in reality it was right in front of your face the whole time. So taking a step back and maybe putting it in in your bag, like you say, and spending more time with the family as opposed to. So we're we're all gonna take trips where you know things don't go as planned. But it sounds like what you're saying, Bill, that if we sit down, we do the homework, right? We're going to have more success 
then we do failure when it comes to taking a trip. And like you said, too, you know, this scanning should add to the, the entire trip, but it shouldn't be the central focus on things. So you have anything else that you want to bring up when it comes to uh, planning your vacation with your scanner? It, one thing that came to mind as you were talking, I had the um, a micro SD card go out Ooh. on my TRX-1. But somewhere I had heard somebody talk about, get yourself a second. I mean, who doesn't nowadays, who doesn't have a bunch of old ones from prior cell phones and just make yourself a copy of the database and tape it to the back of the battery cover. And luckily I'd done that. And what would have been a very frustrating situation was easily remedied. Mm -hmm. So I think part of what you mentioned earlier whether it's making sure you know how to charge up the batteries in the scanner or better yet, if you have room and it's not a hassle, bring yourself a battery charger and have a couple extra rechargeable double A's and be able to swap out batteries and recharge. Uh, bring the extra micro SD, make sure you have your manual, make sure you do your homework. And uh, I really think a scanner will absolutely make your vacation a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. That is a great one. I forgot about those micro SD cards. In fact, I think, does a TRX-1 take a micro or does it take a full-size SD card? I, I forget now. It's been a while. No, it's, it's actually, a micro. Uh, it's a micro. It is micro. Okay. I know the old Pro 107, I think it was, took the full-size one. That was the predecessor to the uh, TRX-1. But, but yeah, it, that's, that's a great one. I know people have corrupted cards, and you're out of luck until you either reformat that card or you, you smack in a backup copy. So. Very good. That's that's a good point right there. So thank you for bringing that one up. Uh, you're welcome. So any other uh, suggestions or tips for uh, for planning a trip, Bill? I can't think of one offhand. Excellent. Well, Bill, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. This was a you know a really really great uh, great conversation. And I want to remind everybody too, if they don't get uh, national communications magazine to go ahead and go over the website get a subscription and check out your column where you also talk about some of your uh your most recent headaches and success stories <laughs> when it comes to uh to taking a trip with uh with not only the family but with also with uh with scanners for sure absolutely and uh i thank you again i i guess i really you know would like to tell you that when I started following your podcast, I can't remember how many you had recorded, but being able to go back and uh, I'm a member of ARRL and I always liked uh, The Doctor is In and that podcast. Yep. That great podcast. Yes, it, it really was. They're, they're not really doing it anymore. They're doing some other things, eclectic tech, and it's good. But I just want to congratulate you for being organized. I mean, you could go in and, and I did this literally, you know, download 15 or 20 podcasts and on a trip, you know, whether it was from Dallas to Memphis or Arkansas or whatever, listen to one podcast after the other and just the layer of understanding. And in my case, I had to listen to a few things a couple of times, but thank you for putting material out there that's organized and somebody who maybe doesn't know a lot or has gaps in their knowledge can just grab a hold of you don't charge for downloading i mean you really do it as a service to the radio community so thank you very much for doing that 
No, I, I appreciate it. I love doing it. That's that's why we keep doing it. So, and I'm not organized. I fake it all. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. So, I appreciate that, Bill. Well, again, thank you very much. This again was your idea to reach out to me. And uh, again, if anybody else wants to do a uh, a conversation, these aren't interviews or like that. You know, it, it's the process, Bill. Right? Was pretty simple. You just went on the calendar and picked your date and your time. And here it is, a Friday evening. We're recording this, and uh, you know, you just kind of you kind of just booked the call. So it's pretty easy, right? Yes, it really is. And uh, I imagine there's a lot of people. Uh, listening who know a whole lot more than me and uh, don't be afraid to reach out and share that knowledge. Yep. We're all a community and we can all learn from each other. So again, thank you so much, Bill. I, like I said before, it's a Friday evening, so I won't hold you from your family. And uh, again, thanks again for bringing this topic to the podcast and for spending some time with us today. Okay. Well, thank you, Phil. And thank you everybody that listened. Bill, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. This was a really great conversation. I think everybody learned a lot. And as a reminder, again, go subscribe to National Communications Magazine if you already don't have a subscription to their magazine. Great magazine, publishes uh, every other month, and it is full of great information. Now, again, Bill came to me and asked to be on the podcast, right? This was this was all his idea here, and it was very simple, as you heard, on how to get on the podcast. Basically, you go to scannerschool.com, you click on podcast, then guest, and what that takes you to is a calendar. And you basically just fill out a date and a time on the calendar that works well for the two of us. And we send you the Zoom link. We just sit and we talk for however long it takes to get through the conversation, basically. And uh, we, we wrap it up and turn it into a podcast episode. So, Bill and I, we did it on a Friday night, but again, any night that works well for you, even on a weekend, that's that's available. So if you've got an idea for the podcast and you'd like to be a guest and have a conversation, hey, by all means, reach out to me. I would definitely love to have you as a guest on the podcast. So with that, guys, we are at session 190. We're on the final stretch, final countdown until we get to episode number 200. We have a little bit of a surprise planned for that uh, when we turn that corner. So stay tuned for that. We've got uh, quite a few tricks up our sleeves. So if there's anything you'd like to see different on the podcast, right now is the time to email me and let me know. Like I said, I've got a little bit of a list here of things I'm changing for the better, I hope. All right, guys, email me at phil at scannerschool.com. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Share the podcast with your friend because this is how we help more people in the scanner radio hobby. Also, you can follow us on social media. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and definitely make sure you are subscribed to our newsletter, which can be found on the front page of our website over at scannerschool.com. All right, guys, we will check you all again next week. We have another great podcast episode on deck, ready to roll, and we're just waiting for next Tuesday so we can release it to you. 73 everyone, we'll catch you all next week.